I'm a little bit out of uh, practice uh, being here. For those that uh, might not know me, uh, my name is Dave DeYoung, and uh, grateful to be here this morning. It's a real honor to, to share with you. And um, so here with a few of our friends from uh, Jericho Road, Nanaimo. I was just pleased to be a part of this church for over 22 years uh, here in Port Alberni. And as we strike out in this last year and a half, uh, plant a church in Nanaimo. Just uh, very grateful for your care, your support, and just want to honor and thank uh, for that. Um, we heard a few testimonies about the uh, men's retreat, and, uh, and we're going to look into that a little bit this morning. I just uh, I invited a few of our folks that are here today, if they wanted to share just a little bit about what's going on in Nanaimo from their perspective, and then I'll just share a few things uh, before we get into God's Word. And yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's a huge blessing to be able to journey together in this way. And and one of the things that'll be interesting over time is is as uh, as we grow. Uh, how are we able to maintain those kind of intimate relationships in the church in such a way uh, that we can encourage each other in, in the life transformation that Jesus has for us and in every aspect of life? Because I think when you uh, get to know each other that well, you get to know everything about one another, both uh, strengths and weaknesses. And it, uh, and it's, But it's a beautiful place to be because of God's grace. Amen? It's a beautiful place to be able to grow, and and we're you know that is a legacy of this body is the the opportunity to actually be real with one another and to be transparent with one another, and as we walk that journey together, that Christ meets us in that place. Um, I just want to uh, maybe just two things real quick, uh, and then then I'd like to sh- shift because we're uh, running out of time. But uh, if if you want to follow what we're doing, um, uh, maybe I'll talk to Amy this week. But uh, we do send out just a, a newsletter, and I'm not going to do it for the next few weeks because we're going to take a little bit of a holiday ourselves. Uh, but uh, later on this summer, we do send out a newsletter once a week, and uh, just to let you know what's going on with us, some thoughts that God's put on my heart uh, just as part of the journey. So it's uh, Saturday morning coffee comes out every Saturday morning, 6.15 a.m. And uh, yeah, if you're interested in that, just uh, it'll be in your inbox. And uh, we'll put a, maybe a link to that, Amy, if we can think about that this week. And then uh, f- if you're interested, you can sign up for that. And um, and I think the other thing I was just going to mention is that uh, just just for your ongoing prayers, um, three things that, that we are uh, stepping into uh, this summer and into the fall is a partnership with uh, University Christian Ministries. It's it's a group that works with VIU students uh, and something that we feel that uh, is part of the call of God on us in South Nanaimo. Uh, also that uh, some of our people at Day Lynn who, who Grant uh, mentioned is leading a ministry to kids and families in low-income housing projects in Nanaimo. And uh, that begins here in a couple weeks. Actually, our son uh, Ethan may be working with them as well, so just pray for him in that as well. Uh, But it's just a great opportunity for us to actually get to know our neighbors better and to know what the needs are that we can serve uh, them better. And uh, and lastly, next Sunday, uh, we've approached a small Lutheran church in Nanaimo uh, about the possibility of using their building. And just this week, we found out that their leadership has said yes uh, to that, and now it goes to the congregation to be affirmed in that. And so we just ask for your continued prayers. Uh, for that for the fall uh, let's go to the uh, let's go to the wall so you've heard about the wall uh, this morning uh, let's go a couple more slides down there you go uh, the men's camp was exceptional I uh, I just enjoyed the, the renewing some friendships making some new friends uh, the transparency and vulnerability of the guys right off the get-go the worship uh, the challenges that we faced and, uh, and I do really look forward to uh, doing that next year so now, we, saw, we learned a little bit about the wall exercise, and as I saw in the trail notes this week, John shared some of these pictures. Um, uh, a couple of phrases came to mind, and that's what I want to leap off of today. It's, 
uh, three things. Lean in, lean on, and reach out. Lean in, lean on, and reach out. And uh, as much as a wall is an obstacle to be overcome, it is also something that must be leaned into in order to, to get over top. It's one of the things that we learned while we were doing this challenge course together is that uh, you have to actually lean into it in order, in order to get over it. And, uh, and as uh, I think Randy and others shared, you know, like there are, are a variety of walls in our lives, and I just want to take a look at a few of those uh, this morning. And, uh, and one of those are actually when, when actually people come against us uh, personally, that, uh, that when we confront enemies or opposition, how do we actually uh, not run away from that, but lean into it? Uh, when we look at the life of David in, uh, in 2 Samuel, uh, we see at different, op- different times in his life where he, rather than uh, running away or uh, going to battle, he actually overcomes his enemy with grace. So it's in 1 Samuel, and I'll just be reading from uh, 1 Samuel chapter uh, 24 and 26. But, but there's this time when David is being pursued by his enemy. His enemy is King Saul, and Saul actually just wants to kill him because David has been anointed a king over Israel, and Saul is currently in that position. And he sees David as a threat, and, uh, and he really just wants to wipe him out. And so he's pursuing him. And as he's pursuing him, uh, Saul gets into this unenviable position of going into a cave to relieve himself. We won't go any further than that on the bathroom talk. But, but Saul, is, Saul is in this cave, and actually Dave and his men are way far back. And they see that, that he comes in, and the guys are like, this is your time. <laughs> He's super vulnerable. This is your time. And, uh, and David actually goes up to Saul unnoticed, and he just cuts off a little piece of his robe. But then he goes back, and he actually even just that in and of itself, he feels ashamed, and he says, I shouldn't have even done that. And, uh, and Saul goes out, and when David, David actually goes out and he says, why are you pursuing me? Don't you see that God gave me this opportunity to actually take you out, but I am not taking it. Instead of meeting hatred with hatred and, op- and oppression with oppression, I'm meeting it with grace. And this is what happens. When David finished saying this, Saul asked, Is that your voice, David, my son? And Saul wept aloud. You are more righteous than I, he said. You have treated me well, but I have treated you badly. You have just now told me about the good you did to me. The Lord delivered me into your hands and you didn't kill me. When a man finds his enemy, does he let him get away unharmed? May the Lord reward you well for the way you treated me today. And I know that you will surely be king and that the kingdom of Israel will be established in your hands. There's another time where Saul is is camped out. He's trying to pursue David again and to kill him. And David and one of his servants go into the camp unnoticed while everybody's sleeping and they take Saul's uh, sword, and they take his, his water jug, his water bottle, and then they go out and they say, Saul, and they call on Saul's, you know, Saul's servant. They say, you, you should have kept the, the king safe, and, and we could have taken him out. And, and actually, David's uh, servant had said, when he, saw, when he saw the sword there, he's like, just let me have him. It'll just be one, one hit, he's done. David says, no, we will not touch God's anointed at this time. And what happens again is that uh, uh, Saul is confronted by the grace of David rather than um, his desire to kill. 
and in that he actually moves away from him. He stops pursuing him at that point. And oftentimes we can come up against opposition and the immediate word for us is to fight, is to actually to take it down. And rather than to take it down or maybe to flee, uh, what God would say, I believe, just as we learned with the wall when we, when we had to climb it, is that you actually have to lean into it. Uh, Martin Luther King Jr. said this. He says, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. And hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. And Martin Luther King came to be able to say that because he was listening to Jesus who said this. He said, you have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, don't resist an evil person. If someone strikes you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if somebody wants to sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. Somebody forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Give to the one who asks you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow. You've heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you. There will be times in our lives when we encounter opposition and it will seem like a barrier to us. But rather than plowing it over or running away, God says, draw near. And as you draw near with my grace, you will transform that which is the obstacle and it will actually be removed for you. You do not have to remove it by force. You can remove it by grace. I think another one of the walls that we often face is, is fear. I was uh, reading something the other day and it, uh, it was uh, a retrospect on the person of Ann Landers. Anybody remember Ann Landers in the newspaper? And uh, somebody asked her, uh, you know, she actually, res- <laughs> it was amazing, she actually would receive 12,000 letters a month seeking advice uh, for people's lives. And somebody asked her, they said, uh, uh, if there was a p- one predominant theme in the re- reader's request for help, and she, this is what she replied. She said, yes, there is. It's fear. People are afraid of losing their loved ones. People are actually afraid of life itself. It's interesting that that, that which we long for is the very thing that we're most afraid of. And oftentimes how that fear would keep us from, from truly living. And I know when I've failed in my relationships and in my behavior, maybe in my job, uh, oftentimes fear of exposing that or bringing it into the light leads me to a place of isolation. It leads me to a place of, of hiding and from keeping me from, from the freedom that God has as was prayed over us even today again uh, for the men. And I have found again that the way to overcome fear is not to run away from it, but is actually to lean into it. I think when Jean-Francois was talking about the wall, I think you know, for him it was that, that fear, is my leg going to give out? Am I going to fall? Am I, I going to get hurt? All those kind of kind of fears. But actually by leaning in, we is able to be lifted up and overcome. And I think what Christ would say is that, um, uh, very similar to what Carol shared this morning, we'd love to do a little bit of detailing in our lives. We'd like to scrub that thing clean. And what he'd love to do is actually for us to be able to walk into the light because as we walk in the light, as, as he is in the light, uh, the blood of Jesus purifies us from everything that isn't right. And actually when we walk in the light, the, the Bible says in First John, it says that, that we actually have fellowship with one another and his blood cleanses us from all sin. It's interesting that the very thing that we oftentimes, where we fail, and where we don't want to bring something into the light, 
it actually leads us many ways to, to, to separate. But God says if you bring that thing into the light, rather than the thing tearing you apart, it's actually going to bring you closer together. We have fellowship with one another as we walk in the light. And I think that was one of the things for me that was just uh, really encouraging about the weekend together with the guys is that right away on, fr- on Friday evening, we, we just had a time to share and uh, what was going on in each other's life. And, and I know from my small group anyways, the guys just moved immediately into a, a transparent conversation. We were able to get over the fear and actually disclose things one to another in such a way that we could enjoy the freedom and the relationship building that happens when we bring it into the light. I think, too, that um, you know Jesus says uh, if you try to, to keep your life, you're going to lose it. But if you lose your life for his sake and for the gospel, you will gain it. And I know that there's a lot of things that, um, that come into our lives that we are afraid to lose. Um, you know, I think one of the things that I was uh, afraid of at the, at the beginning when we started moving into Jericho Road and Nanaimo is, is the loss of long-term relationships. You know, it was 22 years here together with many of you. And that, that sense of, of loss, of um, the support and the encouragement, and, and certainly we feel it from afar, and uh, many of you have reached out and just by emails and and texts and calls and, and just continuing to pray for us. And I'm super grateful for that. But I think what's been beautiful for us is that as we've, um, you know, I almost feel like it's, I have to apologize for not being here for a year. <laughs> it's, it's kind of strange. Um, but on the other hand, I feel like God would say that in order to be able to receive it on the other side, we have to give it over here. I give it up here. Does that make sense? That, that the things that we longed for and that we appreciated here um, could not be found on the other side of the hump unless we actually abandon ourselves to that. If we are willing to lose it here, we will gain it there, and we've certainly gained it in spades in the moment. And, uh, and continue to do that with, with the community that God's brought around us. But as Megan and I get to know some of our neighbors in our, in our neighborhood and, and in my work with Lowe's and Christmas Food Bank, I have opportunities that God is building around us a, a family um, that is, uh, it will never replace what we have here in one sense, but it is fulfilling and, um, and caring for us in the way that we have received care here for so many years. And so for that, we're grateful. But the, over the, f- the fear of that has to be overcome. And then the last thing I just want to say about, about the wall is that I think oftentimes when we think about stepping out on mission um, and stepping into new things, uh, we can we can hit that as a wall as well. And I was thinking about leaning into a few of the things that, that God's leading us to in Nanaimo. One of the things that I've had to learn into is is to lean into um, into poverty. And um, when I first uh, began to go back and forth to Nanaimo, and then when we moved there, I started volunteering with Lowe's and Christmas Food Bank. And... For me, it was, it was, I grew up pretty middle class, uh, never wanted for anything in our lives. And uh, my parents certainly sacri- had to sacrifice in order to make it so for me. But, um, but it was just to move into South Nanaimo is, is, is a place where there's, there is a fair bit of poverty and there's a lot of people struggling to make it. Um, even just this last uh, Monday at the food bank, we had 135 families represented over in just two hours. Uh, receiving food at the food bank just to make it to the next uh, paycheck. 
And and uh, but one of the things that God has been teaching me is that that was cool to be able to go there because my initial reason to go there was just to actually learn, learn about where we're living, learn about some of the needs are. And then, you know, because it's a food bank, you're able to help and you begin to be able to serve. And even now, I'm starting to get to know some of the clients and certainly some of the volunteers as well. They're, they're becoming friends. They're having conversations. But I think what God is, is calling me to is to, okay, so that's all cool to... Um, to know about and to serve and to build relationship, but actually then to move into that next part of where you're actually doing life together, um, to get over the barriers of socioeconomic differences. And in order to that, do that, we have to have to lean in. And we've we've had some attempts at that, even as a as a church, as needs have come up, we've been able to to offer help and respond in different ways. But I think it's one of the things that God is certainly uh, growing me in. Uh, and growing us in as a church. And I think it's the same with, um, I met with some pastors this last week and, and just considering violence against women. It's not something that we uh, talk about very much in the church, uh, at least from my experience. And uh, But it is a reality of, of many, many women, uh, both young and old. Uh, Nanaimo does struggle with young women being uh, taken into prostitution. Uh, it does... Uh, struggle with, uh, we hear the sirens over and over again near our house, and not all of those are, are abuse cases, but many of them are. And uh, and even in my own neighborhood, uh, I remember uh, I was working on the place where we're living, just finishing up some trim and some painting, and uh, and I was busy doing my stuff. Uh, and I didn't really want to be interrupted. Uh, but there was this young couple that came around the corner, and uh and the girl was basically, get away from me. I don't want anything to do with you. And, and the boy would then glob onto her, and then she would push him away and glob on and push away. And, and at first I was like, okay, young love, I'm not getting involved in this, you know. But then I just I continued to hear the, the cry in her voice and, and uh, his continuing to push himself onto her. And, I, and at that point I said, okay, i got to do something. I don't know what I'm going to do, but i got to do something. It was, it was just for me it was kind of, I would rather be away from that wall, but I'm going to lean into it at this moment. And and I remember just, uh, I went up to the guy and I just said, are, are you deaf? Are you unable to hear what she's saying to you right now? She's asking you to be away from her and you need to let her go. And uh, and so then she began to walk away and he was trying to get around me. It was, I don't know if you know me, some of you know me. <laughs> it's like, what the heck is Dave DeYoung doing standing? Oh yeah? Oh yeah? You want, you want some of this? You know, like, that's not me by any means. But but it was that sense of of like no there's a, there's a just and right thing to do at this moment and it is to interject myself into that and uh, and I continued to do that for as long as I could and he wasn't backing down so I needed to phone the police but my phone was in the house so so I had to get my phone and uh, I got my phone by the time I get out there he's gone I'm phoning the police I'm driving around it ends up being that neither the police nor myself were able to find him nor the girl after that and that's actually something that haunts me a little bit because I just where could they have gone so quickly um, yeah I just feel like she yeah I don't know it scares me actually but it's one of those times where I'm really busy doing my painting and I'd like to get my house done or there's a cry that actually needs to be met and and I think God was just saying you, you need to lean into that fear and get over it and just speak into it 
no matter what it, how it turns out with that fellow, no matter, one of the things for me was like, I wonder what my neighbors think right now. Because <laughs> there's me yelling at this young kid, trying to interject, and they're like, who is that thing? There's all sorts of different fears going on there. But I think we have to, in order to go into them and to get over them, we have to s- lean in. And that's what Jesus does in his mission. Jesus comes, he says, to seek and to save the lost. And he comes, he says, to give his life as a ransom for many. And we see that in the life of Jesus, there's a time in his life where uh, he's doing his ministry and then he begins to teach his disciples that he's going to Jerusalem and he's going to have to suffer uh, many things and he's going to be crucified and then he's going to rise again. And they're kind of, oh, what is all this that's going on? But it says this, it says that there is a time where Jesus uh, set himself resolutely to Jerusalem. He turned his face towards Jerusalem and he resolutely set out for it. And I think when we find as with, as with this wall and the various walls in our lives and, and the mission that God would call us to, there's going to come a time where we have to say, okay, you know what? I've counted the cost. I'm resolutely setting my face towards this. I don't know exactly how I'm going to make it over <laughs> as we did with the wall. Uh, but I but I trust the one who has called me, the one who has sent me, and that he's going to be able to provide for me as I go over that wall. I think the second word that God said is is lean in, but he also said lean on. And uh, Randy, I don't know if you remember this, but uh, actually for Randy, the word was step on uh, because... <laughs> so I don't know if we could bring that... But uh, but you, you can see where some of the young some of the guys that are down below there lifting me up and helping me up there. Uh, but for for Randy, Randy at one point had to uh, just get right down and somebody stepped on his back and I remember he was like he was holding up his t-shirt. He's like, I'm just can I see your shoe? Because <laughs> he was he's trying to match the shoe to the footprint that was on his back. <laughs> but uh, but there's this this uh, lean on or this uh, step on as it was with Randy. But Randy, why don't you come up here? So Randy and I are in that uh, second picture there as well. And uh, one of the things that, that uh, we did was this, this, rope, this rope thing where uh, you start off close together, but the, the ropes uh, eventually divide and, and separate uh, further and further. And I think this, that the greater the challenge that we have in our lives, the greater, uh, the more we have to lean in. Okay, bro, let's, uh, let's get right up here. So at the beginning, when, when the challenge is limited, uh, it's pretty easy, and, and leaning on to each other doesn't really doesn't really cost very much. It doesn't take very much. But then, as on this challenge, the the wires slowly became further and further apart. And in order to be able to stand up and to stay there, we have to really lean into one another. And I think one of the things that the that was beautiful about the men's retreat, and I think that is true about our Christian walk, is that the greater the challenge, the more we actually have to lean and lean on one another. We actually, we actually made it. And, uh, and it, was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, it was a lot of work. It was heavy. <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. And uh, now some of you guys will know this, uh, this song, but it's a song that's uh, very simple, actually, and uh, one that I think is, is helpful for us in remembering this truth. But... Um, but we, when the trials get hard, we do have to press into one another. I, Brad and Jan, I don't know if you remember this, but when you first, uh, about a year after you had moved here, I remember you saying this in conversation with me, um, that, uh, that you were amazed, actually, at how the journey that this church had been on 
and the way that they had actually been able to stick it out together. And I think the way that this church was able to, to go through many ups and downs and some very painful times is that there, uh, there was a core group of people who had said, uh, when things get tough, you can lean on me. And when things are tough in my life, I can lean on you. And I think that's, that's so much of how God actually desires to work in the body of Christ is that, is that we would actually learn to lean on one another. And uh, so I'd like us to sing a little song. Uh, it's called uh, Lean on Me. And where's the volume? So uh, here we go. Lean on me when you're not strong. Now be your friend. I'll help you carry on for it won't be long. So I'm gonna need somebody to lean on. Please swallow your pride. If I have faith, you need to borrow for. No one can fill those of your needs that you won't let show. Lean on me when you're not strong. I'll be your friend. I'll help you carry on for it won't be long. So I'm gonna need Somebody to lean on. You just call on me, brother, when you need a hand. We all need somebody to lean on. I just might have a problem that you'd understand. We all need somebody to lean on. One more time. Lean on me. When you're not strong, now be your friend. I'll help you carry on for it won't be long. So I'm gonna need somebody to lean on, somebody to lean on, somebody to lean on. Right. So that's actually some good theology there. It's uh, it's fun, but it's uh, it's good theology, and uh, and we see that uh, very quickly. Uh, I know we're again close to closing time here, but um, we see that so often in the lives uh, of the apostles. Uh, we see it in the life of Paul. Paul is at the end of his life, and uh, and he knows it. He's coming to the end, and he's going to face his uh, greatest uh, challenge. Uh, where he says this, For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time has come for my departure. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. Paul is going to encounter the most difficult time of his life. And then very soon after that, he says this. He says uh, to Timothy, his young uh, protege, he says, Do your very best to come to me quickly. Because Demas, because he loved this world, he's deserted me, and he's gone to Thessalonica, and, and Crescens has gone to Galatia, and Titus has gone to Demetia. He says, only Luke is with me. He says, get Mark and bring him with you because he is helpful to me in my ministry. Paul 
is meeting the greatest challenge of his life. He's going to encounter a great wall. And he says, please, join me. I need now. You have leaned on me, Timothy, as my young protege. Uh, now I need to actually lean on you. I want to get to the end of this challenge, and I need to be able to lean on you on that. And, and actually, we see this in the life of Christ himself as well. What's interesting is that Jesus comes to uh, Gethsemane, and, uh, and what does he do? He asks three of his disciples. He says, Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. And then what does he do? He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, James and John, along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. And he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch over me. Keep watch with me. And oftentimes we can look at that story because we know that the end of that story is that actually the disciples fall asleep once, twice. But I would say let's flip that around. What's amazing to me is not uh, the, the failure of the disciples, but that the one who was at the very beginning of creation, who whom the world, all of creation came, the word made flesh in Jesus, uh, the one who was our Savior actually reached out to three men and said, please come alongside me in my darkest hour. Oftentimes we can go straight to the cross and without forgiving our sin and, and wiping away uh, all that, but it's amazing to me that the, the Savior of the world actually reaches out and says, please, I need to lean on you. The one who is our Lord and our King humbles himself and says, I need the help of others. Just as he said to the woman at the well, can you give me something to drink? There's this sense where where, where Jesus is, is continuously reaching out and, and leaning on. We know he's leaning on the Father. I agree with you, Randy. You said that. But, but, I, but I think that Jesus isn't actually, he doesn't go it alone. He actually invites others into his life. And, and it's certainly, is it to teach them? Yes. Is it to mentor? Absolutely. But is also then to say, I need somebody to lean on. May we do the same. And then lastly, I just want to share the, the, the third word that, I, I, that came to me is, is reach out. And, uh, and David in Psalm 18, he says, he says this, I love you, O Lord, you are my strength, and I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise, and I am saved by my enemies. The cords of death entangled me. The torrents of destruction overwhelmed me. The cords of the grave coiled around me. The snares of death confronted me, and in my distress, I called to the Lord. I cried to God for help. And this is what David says. He says, you reached down from on high and took hold of me. Can you put that picture back up, Julie? You reached down from on high and took hold of me. And he drew me out of deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemy, from my foes who were too strong for me. I think just that, that picture, is, as you can see in, in the wall there, so... I'm leaning in, but then I'm leaning on and being lifted up by my brothers underneath me. But then there are those that are above me, and they're reaching down from on high as God reaches down from on high to us in, our, in those times of pain and challenge and obstacles. And he, he reaches down to us, and this is what David says. He says, You, O Lord, keep my lamp burning, and my God turns my darkness into light. And with your help, I can advance against a troop, and with my God, I can scale a wall. And I think I just want to end with this. Carol read on those two, uh, those two readings where uh, both are around prayer. One is, is a fellow who in humility cries out and he says, uh, Have mercy on me, God, a sinner. 
and the other one where there's somebody that just boldly comes and just says, you got to deal with my case. you got to answer my call. And, and I feel like uh, God is, and I, I don't have a sermon on this. I think it's a sermon for another time. But, but God is, is teaching me that, that uh, humility and boldness are not mutually exclusive. That, that humility and boldness, actually, the one who cries, have mercy on me, a sinner, and the other who boldly persists, both of them are commended by Jesus. And that the Bible tells us that God gives grace to the humble, but then he also says, come boldly before the throne of grace so that we come with humility and we come with boldness. And so I would say today as, as we close that we come in the identity as we t- often talk about here as sons and daughters, brothers of Jesus Christ, and then brothers and sisters of Jesus Christ, sorry, and then brothers and sisters of one another. And when we encounter the obstacles that we face, that we would lean in, that we would lean on one another, but then we would also reach out. And here, of course, is to my brothers that are helping me get over the wall. But for us, we also need to reach out to God, and we do it with, in humility. Have mercy on me, O God, a sinner. But we do it boldly. Answer my cry for justice. Answer my cry for help. And Jesus always answers that, and he and with that, we can leap over a wall, as David says in Psalm 18. We're going to go into communion now, and and we remember uh, Jesus, who, uh, for the joy set before him, uh, he leaned into, I would say, the cross. For the joy set before him, he didn't run away from it, but he actually leaned into that, and then he reached out his hands to a hurting world in an embrace of love. And he reached up, actually, and he says, And into your hands, Father, I commit my spirit. And we know that we can uh, in lean into him. We can lean on him. And that's what communion is. It's a, it's a recognition, again, that, that we need his forgiveness and his grace in our lives and that we can trust him to actually bring transformation. So, Father, we uh, come before you this morning again, and we just thank you that, that it is your call, Father, that we can... Uh, lean into you and in so doing Father that we uh, will have joy we will have freedom we will be able to encounter our enemies and to overcome not with hatred not with force but with grace just as you did on the cross we thank you Father that we can uh, lean on one another just as you demonstrated in your son Jesus Christ of reaching out to his brothers saying, draw near to me. Stand watch with me. And Father, we thank you that we can reach out and we can receive your mercy, which is new every day. We thank you for your great faithfulness. And I pray as we we come and and celebrate this meal that we would experience you uh, afresh today. That as we reach out and and that we would uh, receive all your good gifts even as we remember your body and broken for us and your blood shed for us. We ask this in Jesus' name.